You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here is your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 26th, episode 3170, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, horse people. Ah, Wednesday, the day we cover Glenn's favorite topic, (laughs) horse health. And Jamie makes you feel better about yourself with the latest weird news from around the world. Happy Wednesday. Well, happy Wednesday, everybody. We have a fun show planned for you today. Sally from Eventing Nation is going to join us to give us a preview of the Land Rover Kentucky three-day event, which actually technically starts today because they have the first jog this afternoon. And I don't know. Look up the weather. I want to know what the weather's going to be this weekend. Plus, uh, Sophia's joining us. She's going to talk about her efforts to make the Chincoteague Pony the official state pony of Virginia. She was kind of the one that got it started. And we have some weird news for you today as well. Auditors in the post show, uh, a new study. Yes, study show. But this study was about the real scary cost of owning a horse. So we're going to take a look at that in the post show. I have the weather. Yeah, what is it? The official forecast, 10-day, according to my Apple app. Um, Thursday and Friday, rain. Oh, my God. Saturday, (laughs) but Saturday... Cloudy, overcast, 49 is the low, 69 is the high. That's perfect. That's perfect, actually. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Nobody likes to sit and watch dressage anyway. Can you imagine how few people are going to be in the stands if it's raining? People like dressage, Glenn. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you go with that. Have you ever been on a Thursday to dressage? It's you and two other people. At least two riders do dressage on Thursday, okay? Thank you very much. And Friday has three people in the stands. Uh, Because they're all shopping. That's your shopping days. You always go early to go shopping, and then cross-country and stadium, you you go to the actual event. I use use my entire weekend to shop, just walking (laughs) through the stores. Look how much money you're going to save this year. I know. And everybody's giving me, like, how come you're not coming? I'm like, because I busted my travel budget <laughs> in Italy. Okay. I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I knew what would happen, which is me staring at my computer, reading everything I can possibly read. Well, we're going to give you a heads up on that today with Sally because she's like the expert of experts. So yeah. we'll talk to her. Hey, a couple announcements. Badminton always is the week after. Of course, that's the big three day event over in England. And that's always the week after. Uh, Land Rover. Land Rover. (laughs) Sorry. It's always the same day as the Kentucky Derby, I think. Yep. So on Saturday, May the 6th, there's a problem in England, and they've been having this discussion for a long time, and badminton finally decided on what they were going to do. So May the 6th also happens to be the coronation of King Charles. So you know that it's going to be a busy time in London and a busy time around England, people watching TV. And it. so what they decided to do is they're still going to hold badminton. And apparently Saturday is dressage day of badminton. I don't know if they do cross country on Sunday. I don't know if they have a different schedule than we do. But it's what they're going to do, what they decided is that they're going to take a break from dressage. They're going to start dressage at 8. Then at 10.15 a.m., they're going to break for the coronation and show it on all the big screens. And then the shopping village, they said, would remain open and all food and drink concessions will continue to serve because they don't want to riot. Uh, And then at 12.45, basically, I guess, when most of the coronation stuff is over, they're going to continue with dressage. However, they said that they will have on some of the big screens, excuse me, still getting over this cold on some of the big screens they will have uh the coronation being shown around the around the property cool i love that that's so it was a compromise the comments were funny because there are the royal haters over there and they were all like well i paid big money to go here and blah 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 but i will say that about 75 percent of the comments were good job badminton you came up with a good compromise yeah and i think that probably was a good compromise plus badminton didn't want to postpone look how many times they've been canceled the last couple years because of covid 
Also, another big announcement, and this involves the celebrities. So you know the war going on between World Equestrian Center in Ocala and Wellington to be the place in Florida for Horse World. Well, a 600-acre luxury development planned for Wellington is also going to expand the the sports complexes. So uh, Belis- Mike Bellissimo, who is the guy in charge basically of everything in Wellington and the one who spends all the money and finds all the money, he's going to develop this 600-acre property. It's going to include – now, luxury – Note that. It's going to include single-family custom homes and condos, shopping, offices, and dining, and the proposed plan is expected to significantly expand the Wellington International Equestrian Showgrounds. That's where they do the show jumping. And they're also going to build uh, dressage facilities, facilities there, too. Dressage happens a couple a mile or two away now, but apparently they're trying to transform it into like a whack, to be honest. Um, but he got some of the money from Tiger Woods and Justin Timberlake. Wow. Apparently there is a golf course there, and it's going to be the Tiger Woods golf course, of course. Um, but yeah, so... It'll be the- and you are now entering the Justin Timberlake sexy back dressage arena number four. <laughs> and, you know, it's going to be interesting because th- these homes, we can't afford these homes. You and I are going to be living there. Uh, but it, I don't know. The war continues in Florida between the two groups. Hey, the, the best thing for a complacency is competition, right? So That's let's what go. we said when WEC opened, right? It's going to force everybody to be better, and apparently it is. All right, let's do some Daily Winnies. Well, my first Daily Winnie goes to my co-host, Jamie. So on Monday night, I went out to dinner with a bunch of friends. Or they're actually all listeners and, uh, and friends that we have in Ocala, all horse people. And we go out to dinner like once a month. Well, this, year, this month, we decided to do it on my birthday. And we get there. And Gina is one of our auditors, and she actually drives an hour and a half to get up to this thing. Um, Thank you, Gina, for being so dedicated. But she sat down and said, I said at dinner, we were at uh, Caravas, Caravas, the Italian place. And uh, we sat down for dinner, and I said, should we order appetizers? And Gina says, yep. Because Jamie's paying for appetizers. <laughs> and then we got to dessert, and I said, should, should we get dessert? We were all full because Carabas serves you a lot of food. And we was like, well, let's get c- cakes or whatever to go. So we did, and, and she's like, yep, Jamie paid for dessert too. <laughs> so how the heck, you're, were you st- how did you find somebody that was going to this dinner? Listen, I love your wife, but she ain't very helpful. <laughs> I was like, I sent her 10 million texts. Hey, what is a reservation? Because I was trying to come up with something to do. And to be honest, you want to know what I really wanted to do that Gina wouldn't do? <laughs> I wanted her to, and I was like, I know this is a big ask, but I really, this is what I would like to do. And that is to, I would like for you to go to a balloon store and buy like every bizarre Balloon. Yeah, Gina like, wouldn't do that. Babies, like congratulations, <laughs> you the wrong person it's a that. boy. Like all, I wanted her to come in with like a thousand balloon mylar balloons of all different things, like every holiday balloon, and come in. And she was like, "No, I'm too introverted." Yeah, for she, that. she is. <laughs> so I said, "All right." So then I was like, "I'll call Carabas," but they weren't open because I was going to just pay for yeah, some, they open the late, desserts and all that. Yeah. And today, so I, I taught you're. Jen sent me a text that had a screenshot of a chat that she was in telling somebody where and when it was. And I saw the name Gina and I was like, I bet that's Gina. And so I messaged her and she was like, yeah, I'm going. I was like, cool, let's figure this out. <laughs> so it was not easy, but I am. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I appreciate I your was dedication. Going. It was good. We had that. We had we and we had Caprese for appetizers and we did that in your honor because it didn't have any meat. Vegetarian. See? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, my, we did. My no. money did not go to the murder of animals. No, but <laughs> all the all the dinner plates did. But uh, you didn't pay for that. So, and then <laughs> the cake, we were fine, and the cake was very good. So, thank you for that. It was very I nice. I actually had got I had gone through and I found the only gluten free dessert, and I, I was going to order a ton of those, but she said it just didn't work out like that. So, worked out great. Yeah, no, it worked out terrific, and uh, everybody appreciates it. Oh, good. I'm glad. Uh, Every once in a while, I do a little something to <laughs> You surprise surprised you. us. It was a surprise. All right, let's do some Thanks, birthdays. Gina. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> 
We have two auditors with birthdays, Megan Hennessy and Matt Hagee. Hey, Matt. Uh, happy birthday to you, Matt, is a very regular contributor in the auditor room. Well, I, I have to address this because in the weird news world, I ask y'all to send me weird news stories. And this week, um, Carol, Katie, Scott, Nicole, Debbie, Aaron, Steph, Lindsay, Summer, April, and Laureen all sent me weird news. The problem is almost all of you sent me the same one. <laughs> so I'm going to read this story. It's from the Arkansas Game Fish Facebook page. What? Bridget, Bridget <laughs> Watkins, 43, of Summit, Arkansas, allegedly took fawns, baby deer, into her home and raised the deer with the intentions of training them to attack hunters. She was taken into custody Friday. At the time of the arrest, Watkins was in possession of several grams of meth, four deer, and many stolen, broken electronics. Turns out she was giving the, I'm paraphrasing here, meth to young deer, and they were caught rummaging through people's garages and porches and then uh, homeowners were trying to find their property and clock radio, and they found her wearing a duct tape bikini. It was this whole convoluted story. Here's the problem. It ain't real. That was fake. It was turns out that the Arkansas game fish is almost like a like an onion. Okay, the website where everything is fake. So uh, I appreciate all of you seeing that and immediately thinking of me. And I love you all. <laughs> you see a lady training deer to attack um, hunters, feeding them meth. Think of me. <laughs> Send it to me. <laughs> Thank you, all of you. And I, but I, in my journalistic integrity, I could not pose that as a real story because for those who don't know, I do have a, a list of people, not a list, but several people email me after weird news every time asking me for the links because people don't believe me. <laughs> it's weird. So anyway, I couldn't send that on good conscience. But if it is true, that's awesome. <laughs> that's funny. Well, you know, we are brought to you by Stateline Tech, statelinetech.com. Uh, if you go there right now, you're going to see a banner on their homepage for their halters and leads, some of them on sale, but just basically highlights. When I went to the halters and leads page, there are 12 pages of halters and leads. There are hundreds of halters and leads that you can find in here. Also, some muzzles they have on sale right now. It's poor Scooter. He hates his muzzle. He just hates his muzzle. You have a green guard. Oh, I mean... He just hates it. He hates any muzzle. He just hates being slowed down when he's eating. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what the muzzle is. We tried every muzzle there is out there, and he just hates them all. So, poor guy. But there's all oh, tons of... There are more halters in the world than any other horse supply. Just different Except for colors. Western saddle pads, right? Yeah, maybe Western saddle pads. By the way, they're highlighted on the homepage, too. There's like uh, hundreds of those as well. So uh, right now, I'm seeing sales on here from 20%, 28%. But they're just all different kinds, from leather to nylon padded, uh, tons of different ones. I still use my Monty halter occasionally, too. Um, when I'm the taking Dooley scooter, halter, yeah, yeah, the Dooley halter, I still take that out occasionally. But statelinetech.com, and I also needed to announce that they are going to be uh, set up over at uh, Land Rover this weekend. So check them out there; they're going to have all kinds of stuff. They had a huge, enormous booth at Equine Affair, so I'm sure they just transferred everything that was left down to Kentucky. You can check them out there as well. Well, we're going to go to our first guest and talk about Land Rover right now, and she is the expert at Land Rover. Sally is the editor, I think, like the boss. Yeah, she's one of the owners of the Eventing Nation and all the nation media. That's right. And of course, Eventing Nation is your leading source for everything involving Land Rover. Please welcome Sally Spicker to the show. Hi, Sally. Hello. How are you guys? I'm not jealous at all that you're there. Oh. I'm not. I mean, well, you know what? Fun. Today is, I think, the last nice day that we have for the week. So, you know, we're just going to soak it in. So I looked at the weather and potentially Saturday could be cloudy and cool, but not rainy. Any, any word yes. on that? Is it it's gotten better. So it started out as like a 70% chance of rain and storms every day. Um, but now I think we're slowly getting lighter. I think, I think Friday is going to be the worst day. And yeah. um, 
you know, which, which is fine. It's just dressage, no big deal. And so <laughs> as long as, but, you know, really, if we get some rain, the, the, the ground here always holds water quite well, but it can always use a little bit. So um, I think at the end of the day, that's actually not a bad thing to have a little bit of moisture. Is it, what, what are some of the topics, the hot topics, because there's always something going on that everybody's talking about in the press room and around the barns. What is it this year? Um, I'm so sorry. Can you repeat that question? Because it just broke up just a little bit. Oh, yeah. No worries. I, I said there's always a hot topic in the press room and in the barns, be it footing, be it certain things, just whatever. What is the hot topic this year that everybody's talking about? Well, I think it's the weather at this point. I think we're all just kind of anticipating what the weather is going to do. Um, there's a lot of chatter about the course. Um, the course looks excellent today, uh, this week. And um, so I think the riders are all really excited to get out there today and actually get their first look at the course and see what Derek has up his sleeve. Have you been able to take a look yet? You know what? I'm going to go out for my first look today, but I did kind of glance around at a few of the questions. And, you know, I think the biggest draw this year will obviously be the Corgi fence. I mean, the Corgi fence is so cute, but also isn't there a, another dog on the course? There's as a well? dachshund somewhere. I have not found the dachshund yet, but I am working on that. You know, that's my top priority, honestly, is just to find the dog jumps. Because <laughs> why, else we, why else would we be here? I mean, uh, but right? there's, there's, there's also a, um, there's also a, uh, Jimmy Wofford rails fence at fence 15, which were, we were so amazed to see that that was a homage to Jimmy. So we're very excited to see kind of how that one rides too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's gotta be a presence that certainly missed at Land Rover this year. Yes, for sure. Um, they're doing a lot in his honor. So they're going to do a, um, practical horsemen will do their course walk on Friday as is tradition. This is the one that Jimmy used to traditionally lead. Um, and Friday afternoon this year, it will be Karen O'Connor and Sharon White, who will lead the course walk kind of in honor of Jimmy. And mm -hmm. um, so they'll kind of say some nice words and um, kind of just try to do things in his honor for that course walk that was so popular. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit of Kentucky facts because the U.S. eventing put out this um, kind of like fast facts thing. And I was so thrilled to see that there are more women than men competing this year. Ah, uh, about time, right? Right? <laughs> I love it. I love I it. Think, uh, I think, you know, we could definitely see a, a woman win this weekend. I think uh, Tammy Smith has a good shot. I think Yasmin Ingham is a pretty hard one to bet against as the world champion. So it's going to be really interesting. And we've got uh, Sandra Alfarth here and Zara Tyndall, who are also past world champions. So, you know, it's a really interesting field, I think. Well, let's not forget Liz, who's just practically won everything leading up Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, for sure. And, you know, I was talking to some of the girls on our team this week, and I was kind of musing out loud about the concept of the first-time five-star horse. Um, and you've got two first-time five-star horses in particular for the U.S. with uh, Miss Master C for Liz Holiday Sharp and then Chintonic HS with Will Coleman. And it's very interesting because I think either one of those horses could win on their day. And it's such an interesting concept to bring a horse for the first time knowing that you have one of the most competitive horses in the field, but you also have a horse for the future that you want to have a good experience at its first four-star or five-star, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that's such an interesting challenge for these riders of, you know, you've got the weather. Uh, will will be the last out on Saturday with Chintonic. So if the weather is bad, um, what will his strategy be? You know, that's going to be a really interesting thing to see kind of how he is looking to the future with that horse and also looking to kind of make his bid as an early, you know, kind of nod for Paris, too. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things on the table, I think, and that kind of is an interesting complexity. First world equestrian problems. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, that is interesting that, that we have two horses that are rookies and they're being piloted by seasoned eventers, but we have three five-star rookies of the yes. riders. Yes. Yeah. So we've got two for the U.S. We've got Sydney Solomon and Andrew McConnell who have, um, you know, we've really enjoyed watching those two produce their horses. Um, Sydney Solomon's horse was bred right here in the U.S. by Lori Cameron, who also bred Mixed Master Speed. So she's got, you know, a really good eye for those top breeding lines for eventing. So that's going to be really cool. Um, the mayor is just an insane jumper. So she's going to be really fun to watch. Um, Andrew McConnell 
you know, he spent a couple of years working overseas for William Fox Pitt. So he's got, you know, you can really see when you, when he rides, how much of that education he's taken with him since he left. Um, so I, you know, I'm very excited to see him. He's been working at this goal for so long. He's had several advanced horses um, and just never quite made it to this level. And um, I think this one, you know, could definitely be one to kind of finally get him that five-star completion. Um, and then we've got a really exciting rookie from Germany in Alina Dabowski. Um, and she has, you know, she's, it's, it's hard to call her a rookie, right? Cause she, she went to world championships and she's done all these amazing things with Barbados. Um, and she also has her secret weapon, her dad, Andreas, who's actually here um, grooming for her this week, which is oh, wow. kind of a cute story. <laughs> um, so she's, she's just tickled to be here. It's her first trip to Kentucky and, um, you know, we're really excited. And, and, you know, to be honest, I put her on my fantasy team for Equiratings event team manager because uh, I think that could definitely be a good dark horse if she's got a good weekend under her. Absolutely. Now, um, what's really exciting this year, because let's be fair, there's been a few people that continue to kick our butts. One being, of course, Michael Young. And then, um, of course, uh, he who shall not be named talent. Uh, so... <laughs> I, I didn't know that was the nickname, but that's that's cool with me. I just made it up. <laughs> so, talk a little bit about how how it's going to be different without seeing those guys. I, you know, I think it almost makes it more wide open. I think every time you see Michael Young come up on the list, you're like, well. We're going to go for second, Ben. <laughs> um, and, you know, to be fair, I think you could almost say the same thing about several of the horses that have come. And, and I'm talking about Yasmin's horse in particular. Um, I think Maxime Livio's horse could be a dark horse. And um, so I think you do have those kind of somewhat shoe-ins, but it's definitely not the same as when you see Michael Young on the list and you're, you just kind of assume that you're going to be going for, for behind him somewhere. <laughs> so what's the over-under for an American winning this year? You know, I actually don't think we're in a bad spot. Like it's, it's, it's been really cool. I think, you know, since Bobby Costello has taken over management of the eventing program and they've hired a lot of really um, strong individuals to kind of support with David O'Connor being chief of sport and Graham Tom coming in to advise as well. And then we've got Ian Stark coming in as a cross country advisor. So, you know, we've got a lot of really good tools to produce, you know, actual good results on a consistent basis. And I think between Liz and Will and, um, you know, Boyd's got his, you know, seasoned campaigner with Setzer leg and he's got a really, really nice first timer um, with Contessa. So, you know, I think um, we've got a really good chance to really maybe even hit the top of the board this week. It really depends on how things fall out, of course, as you know, but um, it's it's really nice to be able to look at the list these days and say, wow this is actually a really strong list on the U.S. side. So, you so know, I think it's really exciting. So for handicapping, we have to look at who are good dressage mutters. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I think it's cool that I, I think this is the year we're going to have a U.S. Uh, rider and a woman because Mary King was the last person to win. She was. I, yep. I, I think it were due. I was mean, about no four years ago. <laughs> it seems that like was 2011, I think. Oh my gosh. I, mean, I still remember that because didn't she have two horses here that year and she was like first and second or I, yeah, so, she's just something uh, like that. It, they just don't make them like that anymore. No, you know? no, not at all. So, so I thought the breeds were interesting. Holsteiner has the most entries in the five-star with seven. Irish Sport Horse has six. Thoroughbreds have five entries, and three of them are off-the-track thoroughbreds, which in the world of, of high-level eventing is just makes me so happy, obviously. Um, yeah. There's different breeds. There's there's an Who's the Anglo-European horse? Is that... Uh, What's her name's horse? There's a Zanger Shield. Mm, I, I know there is one. I'm not thinking of it off the top I'm of my head. I'm trying to think though. of what Yasmin's horse is. Uh, mm. He's French bred. French bread. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, there's good. There's a whole lot of different kinds of horses. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch the, the, the oh God, I'm so jealous. I wish I was there. I know. I it's knew I you guys aren't here this year. <laughs> well, you know. I, I did this stupid thing where I took my family to Italy this year and blew my oh. entire budget. Well, well, that, you know what though? I don't think you can be yeah, mad that's at a, that. Yeah. That's a good second, right? Oh, yeah. Is it? Solid second. Is it? I can't <laughs> sit here and just listen to Sally and watch watch the computer all weekend which is well you won't happen. get wet watching the computer i was gonna all say weekend. you're not gonna be sad about it when it's when you see us all out here 
you know, looking like drowned rats in the rain. <laughs> you know, well, there, there, before you go, one other thing, there was a statistic, and I know he's come over to our house several times to do a show with us, is Buck Davidson. Um, we The statistic was, he's had 30 starts in wow. the last, like, 11 years. Yeah, well, you know, he's always got about six horses going at the level, <laughs> so he's got to just get it done. I mean, the poor man is the pathfinder every single year, it seems like, because he's got so many horses. He is this year. Explain that. He is this year, too. Explain what that means. Um, He just, so when you have multiple horses, you generally get put into the draw to be able to, um, to, to, to go, you know, have space in between your rides. So generally you'll see the riders that have more than one horse get drawn to go first. So um, Buck has gotten drawn, uh, I think two years in a row now to lead lead us out of the box on cross country day. So he'll be the first to see um, in the dressage and also on cross country day. <laughs> nope. He did it to no himself. Pressure. <laughs> he I did mean. it to himself. I um, really, the man just, you know, needs to be not so greedy with his horses, honestly. <laughs> I mean, again, first world equestrian problems. Oh my God, first there's so problems. many horses that I have to ride at Land Rover. Didn't I have his to go, dad like, have the same problem, animals. right? I mean, his dad <laughs> was the same way. So. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's funny too, because like, you know, Liz has, four horses I, I can't remember if she's got the most of anybody she might she's got two in the five star and two in the four star and it's just like you know ever oh. since they they added that four star to this event it's just like i i love it from a from a sport perspective i think it's awesome for the sport and i think it's a really good opportunity to get some less experienced horses over a really really tough you know almost a championship caliber short course um but it does add so much more to the riders plates if they're going to bring a horse for both because if you're somebody like liz why would you not um you know and she's made comments before about how she wants to kind of make sure she's bringing the right horses so that she can actually focus and give them the right ride i think a lot of these guys don't love to ride six horses at events it's just kind of how how it is yeah I mean, Sally, you've been a competitor. I've been a competitor. I got a one horse limit, like in novice. (laughs) Absolutely. Me too. I'm like, I can't even remember one dressage test on one horse. Like, wish me luck. I mean, seriously, I have to walk two (laughs) courses. No, I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I know you're going to the airport to pick up a friend. Just, I'm with you in spirit the whole time, girl. I'm so excited for this. (laughs) I know we'll miss you guys this year. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, um, I'm I'm definitely rethinking my decision. (laughs) Um, It's always next year. Yeah, exactly. I will definitely not miss next year. So anyway, wish everybody the best of luck from all of us. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again soon. Definitely. Well, thanks for having me on and hope you guys have a good rest of your show. At eventingnation.com for all the coverage over the weekend. Definitely. You're just going to want to keep it up alongside the, the video. All the coverage you need and a lot that you definitely don't need. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ellie. <laughs> no problem. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, our next guest is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. Unfortunately, the guest we had planned to talk about, the Chincoteague Pony becoming the official state pony, got tied up and couldn't make it today. So, I'm pretty and, sure she's in school, like high yeah, school. Yeah, I think she's high school or college. I'm not sure which. Uh, but, you know, that happens. Sometimes things happen. And we record this show as live. So we do it as live. All the guests are in order. We just record it and then we're done so we can get it out to you fast. So this happens sometimes and hopefully we can get her back on another day. Uh, But Daily Dose, don't worry because Jamie has quality entertainment to fill this gap. I do. Okay. This is from Horse and Hound in the UK. And this is 10 less than pleasant jobs that horse owners have to do. What would you guess the number one unpleasant job for horse owners is, Glenn? Go. Winky washing. You got it, baby. <laughs> She's cleaning. Um, we yeah. had the winky washer out last week and did uh, Scooter's winky. So. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, Thank that's you. all I she mean... does for a living. Wow. She washes that's, winkies. That's, uh, does she sedate them or just nope. like she nope. just... Nope. Gives him some she's, wine. And, and Scooter loves it. Scooter thinks it's the best thing ever. Some, he, and she's also a pretty girl. So Scooter's happy. That's awesome. Um, so the next one is something I'm going to have to deal with later today, which is... Can I guess? Yeah, okay. Cleaning stalls. Particularly in the pouring rain. Oh, <laughs> It's been raining nonstop for like three or four days, and then we've got three or four days more of rain, and I've got to get these stalls clean. So it is just one of those things I'm going to have to do. 
where you have to load. Now my barn is dry, so I put I have to drive the manure to the manure pile, which is all the way in the back of my property, and it's gonna it gonna rain. It's gonna be awful. Uh, so going through the mud and all that. So yes, she's cleaning. Picking up poo in the rain. Uh, the third one is also something I'm dealing with right now, which is dealing with filthy, wet rugs or blankets. Yes. I, I tried to not blanket everybody, but I do have rain sheets for everybody. But I was like, I don't want to deal with that. And so I, I blanketed Duke. He's 30. And I turned them all out yesterday uh, and they're out for a couple hours. And I go to bring them back up to give them their grain. And uh, three of them are shivering. It's 55 degrees, almost 60 degrees and raining and they're shivering. So here come all the blankets. I'd wait till they all dry. Then I have to blanket everybody and then turn them out. It looks like a rainbow in my pasture because they're sheets. They're waterproof sheets. So they're all different colors. Clear. They're different versions of clearance. Uh, (laughs) Number four, a thing that I don't really have to do that much is filling hay nets. Ugh. I hate. That's the worst thing for horse husbands. I'd rather clean a stall than fill a hay net. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. I'll clean a stall rather than fill a hay net. Hay nets are the worst. They're just awful. You know what? We do do the hay nets for our round bales. And, oh, and that's got to be, that's gotta be really awful. I'm telling you what. My husband, oh, God, he hates it. Just, it's just the worst thing for him to do ever. I mean, he's like, this is the worst. And it depends he's on a, Go ahead. No, I would say his least favorite thing in the horse world has been blanketing. He's like, why would you reach under a horse's back legs and grab a strap? Like, that makes no sense. To him, blanketing makes no sense. But now I think the round bell hangnet has topped those two are tough because the problem with the blankets is every brand straps are different. Uh-huh. And it's like you can't figure out what goes where. I usually can't even figure out what the front and back is till I like turn it around fifteen times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but hay nets. The only problem with hay nets is depending on your flakes. If they really fall aparty, oh, then it's almost impossible to get it in the hay net. Yeah, it is, and I I've, I find that the 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 later in the summer, the closer they've clipped the hay. So then they just really fall apart. Oh, it's a mess. Yeah. I mean, again, you're just lucky you don't have a bra because (laughs) that's where the hay goes. Yeah, I am. I do feel lucky with that actually. Yeah. Um, and mucking out is one sweeping. I mean, I've worked in barns where you had to sweep the length of a football field and it's, and and, there's a lot of barns that won't allow the blower. No. Yeah. Yeah. No blowers. No blowers. You and use I'm a blower, like, obviously, we, we heard on Monday. I do use a blower. I don't use it when the horses are in, really. But, um, I, I mean, I get just sweeping. It stirs up dirt also. You know, might as well have the dirt just boosh out real quick as opposed to sweep. Because if you're sweeping, the dirt's sitting there for longer because it takes longer. Okay, that's what I would tell my old employer, and they didn't care. Um, another one is tack cleaning. Tack cleaning can be exhausting. I'm not super good at it, but I will clean my tack every time I have a horse show. So there is that. When's the last time you've been to a horse show? I know. Don't talk about it. I think it's been uh, years, hasn't it? It's been a minute, Glenn. (laughs) It's been a minute. Um, I do. You just need synthetic harness. By the way, the new dishwasher cleans the harness perfectly. You yeah, remember, I, I had to remodel the whole kitchen just to get a dishwasher because I didn't have one. And the dishwasher, yes, is to wash dishes, but it was also to wash my harness. And it fits perfectly. It did such a great job. I'm so happy. I know, but also um, you can't fit a saddle in there. But no. I do hose off my Wintex. So there's that. Yes, it is advantage to having Wintex. I think one of the most uh, typical recognizable smells in the barn what is to you the mo- the most recognizable smell? You may not get it, but you will when I say it. Ammonia from the stalls. <laughs> That's one. Pee? I would yeah. say thrush. Oh, see, yeah, I mean, I thrush that. has a smell, and it is just something where you know you horse has a little thrush. It happens. You go to clean it out, and you got to bang your hoof pick on the ground bah, 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 to get the thrush off of the little black gooeys off there. This is really gross to even talk about um and then the smell is on your hands you can't do anything about it that's the only time you can't eat a sandwich after messing with your horses um also this time uh rubber mats lifting 
stinky rubber mats. Ugh. Do you guys have rubber mats? Uh, yes. And fortunately, we board, so we don't have to clean those from under the rubber mats anymore. Because I mean, they always get matter. discombobulated, the corners are turned up, and then you have to get the ground. Oh, it's just a mess. That's what I'm saying. I, I got the locking ones. I have a couple stalls with the locking ones, and I have a couple stalls with the regular ones. The regular ones slide. The locking ones bow up when there's not enough bedding, and they pee in between, and yep. waters. I don't know. It's the worst. It is the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> and then number 10 that they have, which I don't think you've done this, is studs. Doing no, studs. No, I've never had to do studs. I imagine just cleaning them out to get the studs in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you got to have a patient, patient horse to hold their leg up while you're putting a little pin pricky thing in this hole and like taking it in circles trying to scrape out the dirt even though you may already have stuffed cotton down in there to keep the dirt out of your stud hole it's not a thing and then you got to screw it in and all the stuff yeah studs are tough you know um, where they're going to be using a lot of studs if the weather stays what it's predicted <laughs> it's oh, in kentucky yeah. this weekend kentucky all right well that is the list of horrible things that horse owners do on a daily basis whether we like it or not well and we're going to take a break here before we get into weird news for uh daily for our sponsor daily dose equine and then i also have the announcement the auction is starting for the painted saddles we talked about i'm here with the mad scientist who developed daily dose equine horse feeds Janet Geyer. And I wanted to have a quick chat with you because Daily Dose Equine Horse Feed are non-GMO whole food nutrition based. And a lot of people go, oh, that comes from a small dedicated feed mill. I won't be able to get that when I travel. They're wrong, aren't they? They are. You can get it through Chewy anywhere in the United States. Or if you live locally in Maryland and Northern Virginia, you can get it delivered. There you go. Chewy.com. It will deliver it anywhere you want. You can also schedule delivery in advance so you can have it delivered every X number of days. And you can go in there to your account and change it every time you move horse show venues. So check it out today. DailyDoseEquine.com online or Chewy.com. Especially with performance horses, flies can really be a nuisance. Fly predators are a great investment of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use. I don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than spalding fly predators. Well, Practical Horsemen, I mentioned on Monday that they're doing their 50th anniversary and they're doing it with painted saddles. And I don't know if you've seen the pictures of some of these saddles. They are Unbelievable. I mean, they had like serious artists paint these saddles and the riders on the saddles. The flaps are painted, the seats are painted. And no, was it the actual rider's saddle that's getting painted? No, I and- don't think so. I think they had to use new saddles because of getting a paint the stick or something. They couldn't like use used saddles. So, um, if you, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. The auction for these saddles starts tomorrow at 8 a.m. So that's Thursday morning at 8 a.m. And I put a link in the show notes there, Jamie. You can go check out the saddle. They're just they're they're quite something to see, uh, but they're what they're doing this for. One is to celebrate the anniversary of Practical Horseman, which is one of our sister companies, and also the proceeds from all of the saddles are going to go to charities. The three charities are the University of Kentucky Children's Hospital, and what's cool about that, if you remember right, is a lot of the riders go to the Children's Hospital like on Tuesday of the week of Land Rover, and visit the kids. Mm-hmm. So, And I'm sure they did that again this year. They do every year. The Grayson Jockey Club Research Foundation, that's the official charity of the Land Rover Kentucky three-day event, and also the Scene Through Horses campaign, helping support and empower programs that incorporate horses for mental health. And actually, uh, 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 Equine Network is one of the sponsors of the Scene Through Horses campaign. So the money's going to a good place. If you want a fancy saddle, you won't ride in these, by the way. Do you see the pictures? Oh, my gosh. You could not see. No. Like the, especially no. that one the Buck Davidson saddle. The the unbelievable detail of the painting on the seat. You would, yeah, you couldn't sit on that. No, these will be in your up. living room. <laughs> these yeah. will be in your living room on a very nice stand. Or as Monty does it, you staple it to the ceiling. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So check that out today. I'll put a link in the show notes. uh, 32auctions.com is running that. that, And you'll be able to see the saddles this weekend if you're at Land Rover, but you don't have to be there to win. They will ship it out. 
Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Yes, these are actual real stories from around the globe of just weird stuff. If you're ever reading a a news story and you're like, God, that's so weird, email it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. Send me the link. I can't wait to see it. We're going to start with this one that was sent to me. And uh, remember, I don't tell you who sends what because it's none of our business where these people are getting their news. But I will tell you, didn't I give you the list of names already? Where did it yeah, you did at the beginning. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Carol, Katie, Scott, Nicole, Debbie, Aaron, Steph, Lindsay, Summer, April, and Laureen all sent me weird news stories. This one, we're going to head to Japan, Glenn. We're going to head to Japan to a department store. You know, in department stores, they have those like massage chairs sections. Yes. That- Basically, for that, the men, or I while think the women are germ shop. factories. I've never sat in one. I just picture that being a germ factory. I, I don't think it matters. I'd sit in one. No problem <laughs> if it wasn't like put your credit card in. Uh, yeah. So there was a uh, there was a nice row in a department store in Japan of massage chairs, and the store was closing, and the whole mall was closing, and everybody left except for one guy that fell asleep in the chair. <laughs> So he wakes up. This is like a movie. He wakes up in a department store, like from the massage chair, sits up. Where is everybody? Oh, my God. I'm locked in. He was forced to try to find help after he got locked in the department store, after falling asleep in the massage chair. How does he get help, Glenn? Why would Twitter? Twitter? He tweeted. I'm they don't have nine one one in. I don't know what they have in Japan, but he apparently <laughs> tweeted and posted various photos of the dark and empty interior of the mall. And uh, finally, I, I, they said that it's thought that he triggered an alarm, which notified the police, who then called the shop's manager. Ten police officers swarmed the store, searching for him. And real, any guy he got out. And the only reason they know he got out was because he tweeted, "I'm out." <laughs> yeah, because a lot of times those doors are locked with keys, even from the inside. So and they chain him and stuff. Yeah. I, again, I don't know what the protocol is in Japan, but yeah, he uh, did get in. He said sorry, but also the manager apologized to the man for the staff's failure to notice that he was asleep in the chair when they locked up. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, kind of somebody's somebody's in trouble. <laughs> he could have had a field day in that place. All I night. mean, could have been really fun. <laughs> now, before you go on, we follow some YouTubers that just did a series in Japan, and you know those hotels that you sleep in the little tube the pod well they did a couple of those and let me tell you what i will not be doing that anytime soon a couple of them they slept in were really sketchy i mean and they're right on top of each other and they just have a curtain a couple of them just had curtains in the front so you hear all these 15 people sleeping in these pods right around you nope and then you have to crawl down the ladder you know it's like a bunk bed so you have to crawl down the ladder go to the bathroom and it's all community bathrooms don't sleep naked uh and then they did do some that were nicer but still uh I'm not. I'm not going there. <laughs> Give me a hotel. Thank you very much. In Monitor Township in Michigan, there's a family of five upstairs in their house, and at right around dusk, they heard a loud crash, and it was somebody breaking the front window of their home. They. F- quickly called 911 said we're getting broken into we're getting broken into and they were upstairs hiding law enforcement swarmed the house came looked in the door what broke their window a deer (laughs) there was a deer and there's photos of the deer in a bed (laughs) not sleeping standing up looking quite frightened in somebody's bed It busted through the house, ended up running up the stairs, jumped in somebody's bed. What deer goes up the stairs? I don't know. (laughs) Deputies eventually were able to lure the deer out of the bedroom while blocking off all the other rooms. And the deer zipped out the front door. Boom! Back into the wild. And the Bay County Sheriff's Office said no one was injured and the family opted not to press charges. 
<laughs> we do hear a lot about deer breaking into people's houses. It seems to be a regular thing. You know what? When you marry somebody, it's for better or for worse. And you're going to, you know, if you get divorced, kind of the whole idea is that, you know, you get half if you get a divorce. Sometimes it would be better just to not get a divorce and stay married because this poor woman, she got half and her half included something that she didn't really want. So lady gets divorced. She's like, I don't know what to do with this thing that I got in the divorce. And so she calls animal control. This is in Philadelphia, Philadelphia, ladies and gentlemen, Animal control comes. She's like, I don't know what to do with this thing. And apparently it was in her basement in a room that looked like what the, the police described it as looked like a like a confinement cell in jail where it's like a solid four walls with like a little glass look through. And they walked up to the little glass and looked in through it. And on the ground was an eight foot alligator <laughs> this is what she got in the divorce you know what i'm keeping the car you get the gator because <laughs> um, they can't move the gator it stays who ever got the house yeah they can't move it yeah. uh, but then they had to move it because it was being illegally kept of course but again it wasn't but they hers. don't have gators in every basement in philadelphia although that wouldn't surprise me to be honest <laughs> i mean right it is philadelphia there are pictures chronicling the whole capture and release did they bring because- it up the steps carrying it up the stairs so they detailed how they ended up getting him they they opened the door they had one of those catch poles and they caught it one guy jumps on the tail one guy jumps on the head and one guy jumps on the body and they tape the mouth shut okay and then they tape the arms to the side and they said you could still hear him hissing yeah i bet carrying him (laughs) up the stairs he plus he's never seen the light of day the poor gator he said he, he goes i wanted to explain to him no we're taking you somewhere better <laughs> but he didn't want to hear it um so yeah divorce led to the alligator being surrendered and the owner's ex-wife did not want the reptile living in her basement anymore God, <laughs> get him out of here the poor gator's been living in a basement in philadelphia for over 10 years <laughs> although nothing surprises me out of philadelphia and i used to live there and go to philadelphia a lot but ten years. Isn't the so, wor- isn't it always the worst fans for baseball and football or Philadelphia fans? Isn't that always <laughs> freaking Phillies? Good lord, <laughs> don't get me started. I know some of you are from there, but it's not your fault that everybody around you is a dick. <laughs> so sorry, um, I'm a Braves fan. So um, let me point out that they did no. This lady had called animal control and told them what was in the basement. But um, she said it was a five-foot gator, and so they brought in a crate for a five-foot gator and booked travel on an airplane that was for a five-foot gator. But it was an eight-and-a-half-foot gator. She hadn't looked at it in a few years. <laughs> no, you know, and she actually said she hadn't fed it in over a month. What? And so now it's like a hungry, hungry gator. <laughs> gator. And uh, so they didn't have a container big enough, and the plane wasn't big enough, so they took him. But then she, the the guy said, yeah, we had to pivot and think about what would be the best alternative they ended up creating a habitat out at the local shelter before they figured out a place to get him and now he's he's currently with a man in philadelphia named crocodile kyle (laughs) and crocodile kyle has taken this alligator and um given it a sanctuary to live in so maybe that's the same kyle who's going to go to the group of kyle's down in Texas. Who knows? So I, I just looked up how many pounds does an alligator eat, you know? Uh, and it says uh, alligators do not require as much food as we do. They eat once or twice a week, and they can eat nearly 100 pounds of meat each year. So how many chickens is that? That's that's a lot. Poor thing was pretty <laughs> hungry. So not only is it, apparently when it did get to its sanctuary, it immediately submerged itself, which is a sign of relaxation and ate and he's doing a lot better. And so our friend, the crocodile is going to be fine. All right, good. Well, I'm glad. Let's not have alligators in our basement. 
All right, final story. In Florida, we try and avoid that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> try to get them out. Um, I, I just knew that was going to be a Florida story when I saw it, too. And, of course, it was not. Um, this story, oh, wow. I, I was reading, I read the headlines to Lucas and Chad in the morning before I do all of this. And, and Lucas was like, you have to do that one. So... Let's see. I'm trying to figure out where this is in Milwaukee. Okay. And this is uh, 74th Street and Silver Spring Drive. It was the site of a burglary last week where thousands of dollars worth of tools were stolen. Apparently, it's a house that somebody bought and they've got uh, a bunch of workers in there that are redoing the home, upgrading it, and then they're going to sell it. Uh, Unfortunately, burglars found all the tools came up to the house and stole thousands of dollars worth of the tools that were in the house. Uh, unfortunately they are dumb enough to have stolen the security camera that also was there thinking probably that, Oh good. We've got the security camera. So nobody's ever going to be able to tell it was us. However, what they didn't know is that the security camera continued to transmit footage of them for eight days. Oh, my gosh. Apparently, they've got their faces. They've got (laughs) them talking about. It says on camera, these burglars have been talking about stealing the tools, where to sell the tools, talking about drugs and even doing drugs on the camera. (laughs) (laughs) These guys gonna go to jail. Now, this is a very recent story. So, um. They still are looking for them, but the Milwaukee Police Department says they have not made any arrests at this time, but the investigation is continuing. Uh, I guess eight days after um, it was, they've been filming these guys the whole time. I think somebody realized it and they're like, oh crap, and then they smashed the camera. So then eight days into it, they quit. But you would think it happened some sort of GPS or something, so these guys are going down. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it doesn't pay to, to be involved in crime, people. Hey, don't do drugs. Don't do drugs or crime. Either one. Is that it? That last one? That'll do it. All right. Well, thank you to everybody who submitted Weird News. Where can they send it? They can send it to Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with Weird News in the subject line. You can also send your really bad ads to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. We'll be doing that on Friday. And we have uh, $600 in prizes for the month. So get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. People have been sending me ads in my private message. They've been sending us ads in our private message on Horses in the Morning Facebook page. None of that will help you because they will not get on the show and you will not get entered for the prizes. You need to Glenn send them. and I are not organized. No, no, I can't go to 50 places. That. No, Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com is the only place. And she gets a lot of them, so we, we can't be tracking them down other places. Also, if you post them in the auditor room, they are not going to be on the show and you're not going to be entered. So send them to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. And we all hope you got to listen to the first of the Chi Institute or Chi University uh, episodes that we did yesterday. Dr. Wendy made a comeback, and we're going to be talking Eastern medicine once a month now on the show, which I'm kind of excited about. And also, Kayla will be back tomorrow talking about rider health. And then Friday, Jamie and I will be here doing some really bad ads. Auditors, hold on. I have a study I want to tell you about. Bay neuter, guild, everybody. Van River this week, Kentucky Derby next week. Oh, what am I going to do? So much happening. I need to go to Kentucky. 